Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Hi. So the January 6th hearings have put on display what appears to be overwhelming evidence that many Republican lawmakers were involved in the planning and execution of the violence that happened at the Capitol. But conservative outlets like Fox News, Newsmax, and OAN have not fully covered the hearings. The old saying asks, if a tree falls in the woods and no one is there to hear it, does it make a sound? Uh, in that vein, if there is damning evidence against some Republicans, but Republican viewers don't watch the hearings or don't even want to watch, will this make a difference in our upcoming elections? The business of being black today is the impact of the January 6th hearings. Please welcome the executive director of Equal Ground, Jasmine Bernie Clark. Hi, Jasmine. Hi. New Jersey congressional candidate Darius Mayfield. Hi, Darius. Hi, Tammy. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Entrepreneur Luring Lady. Hi, Luring Lady. Hello. And the host of Make It Plain podcast, Reverend Mark Thompson. Hi, Reverend Mark. Hi, Tammy. God bless you. God bless you right back. Okay, so let's get let's get with this. Um, why should black people care? This show is the business of being black. And we want to know why black people should even make it their business. Why should black people care if uh, these January 6th hearings have impact on our voters? Let's start with you, Reverend Mark. Well, again, thanks for having me. We should care because the root of the January 6th insurrection was Donald Trump and the ideology of white supremacy. And so that being the case, that definitely impacts us. We know that this is also a group of people who've made it their business to suppress our right to vote. So it should be something we observe, something we care about. There were a great deal of, of racial and ethnic slurs that were used on January 6th. And it's also quite fitting. And he said it at the first hearing. Congressman Benny Thompson is chairing the hearing. And for someone to be one of the first members of Congress out of Mississippi to have power since the period of Reconstruction, that's pretty significant. This, I believe it will, should motivate African-American voters and all voters to the polls, lest our democracy, much more of our democracy be taken away. Darius, why should black people care? Yeah, they absolutely uh, shouldn't care. And I think that's what we're seeing all across the country. That's why you have Joe Biden that has the lowest African-American approval rating of any president in any Democratic president in modern history at below 65 percent right now, as well as his Hispanic support in the low 30 percent right now. You know, black Americans have a lot more to think about and deal with right now than what happened on January 6th. We have the highest gas prices we ever had in this country. We're on a precipice of World War III with countries like China and Russia right now. I mean, our stock, our shelves are bare in supermarkets. You can't get baby formula. And inflation is at a four, over a 40-year high right now. So I think right now, Black people have a lot more to think about when it comes to their everyday lives than what really happened on January 6th. At the end of the day, you know, it was a very small subset of people that left the ellipse to go over to the Capitol. Uh, and it was an even, even smaller amount of people that actually went into the Capitol building. 
I am a Republican running for Congress, and I do not agree with anybody that stepped foot in that building because if I myself was the congressman at the time, my life would have most likely been in danger as well. And I think people just see the hypocrisy of what, a lot of what's going on when you see people literally going up in Capitol buildings today and yesterday and holding assemblymen and assemblywomen hostage in their own buildings while nobody's really talking about those things. And that had happened before January 6th as well. So I think black people are done with the hypocrisy and they realize that a lot of these things are political games and political theaters and they have a lot much more to worry about to get their lives right. Darius, I'm wondering if we were looking at the same hearings because I didn't see just a little <laughs> amount of people, a small amount of people. You mean what, that went inside what, what the building? What would you consider small because they, they, no. they overtook the police officers and security that were there. It, yeah. it, it looked to be more of a mob to me than a small amount of people. And, and murdered something. You know, I was actually at the Capitol um, on January And 6th. so when you say and small, are you saying maybe 20, 25 people went into the Capitol? No, no, no. There was there was a couple of hundred, but there's also over 100,000 people outside of the Capitol. You know, for those that weren't actually there on the day, they don't see those things or hear those things. I was actually at the Capitol on, Jerry, on January 6th, and there was over 100,000 So you're saying maybe there were a couple of hundred, like maybe 200, 300 people that went inside the Capitol. Yeah, there was a there was a few hundred that either went inside the Capitol or tried to enter the Capitol. And whatever comes their way, especially when you put people's lives in danger, they deserve whatever's coming their way. And everybody knows my public stance on that. When it comes to a lot of the police officers, I know we like to say that a lot of, you know, some of the police officers were killed. But as we know through the hearing, that it's actually not the case. You know, one of the gentlemen died from uh, heart complications. You know, a couple other people committed suicide in certain cases. So it's not that people were actually killed. These police officers were killed at the January 6th hearing. And if you're listening to them, people you know, know that. Okay. I, I just wanted to clear it up, because, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. 200, 200 to 300 people entering the Capitol without permission is, is still, that's a bad number. I, I would well, say three I people would be a bad number. <laughs> Jasmine, why should black people care or should they? Uh, as Darius has said, why should black people care about the impact of the January 6th? Tammy, thank you so much for having me today. I, I do appreciate it. And I think people should care um, because of people like Darius being present um, at the day at the Capitol and witnessing such an attack on our democracy. It was crumbling before his eyes um, to hear and know that he was there and present. And to also know that hundreds of people went in, breached security, placed people's lives at risk. Um, we almost are likened to that of a country where there isn't a precedent on fair and free accessible elections when we are setting the standards for people across this nation and across the globe um, to understand that you just can't attack democracy in this way. And if you dis disagree with a process, there is a election that goes along with it. But the other reason why people should care is the ripple effect that came from January 6th. Because a presidential election wasn't won by force or by attack or by the death of individuals who were threatened on that day, legislatures are now being overtaken by governors who feel like the election results were not favorable towards them. And so we are seeing in states and in legislatures, um, we are seeing bills being passed that 
effectively, um, directly affect the lives of people who are living in these states. And they are evidenced by what happened on January 6th because of the insurrection and because this election did not turn out the way that they wanted it to. We are seeing the passage of voter suppression bills. We are seeing the withhold of federal dollars from the CARES Act trickle down into local county governments. These things directly impact Black people, those who are most vulnerable, those who are receiving um, assistance with mortgage and rental payments. Those are the effects that I don't think people know are directly tied to why they are being impacted and why they should be paying attention to this process and this insurrection, because it is all tied together. Um, no matter how we want to slice this, um, it is all interconnected. Loring Lady, please, why should Black people care? Why should I even care about what's happening in these hearings? Because you just should be an ethical person. I just feel like if you're ethical, you care about such tragic things happening. And a few hundreds actually is a lot of people to enter a government building. But do I think it directly affects Black people? No, I don't think so at all. But just because you're ethical, you should care. Well, it's the reason, if I could add, is it is evidenced in the fact that Black people in states like Pennsylvania and in Arizona and across the South in Georgia are the reason why we have the um, the, the particular Congress, the Senate set up at a 50-50 margin right now. They're the reason why we have President Biden in the White House right now. Um, they are the evidence of why this insurrection took place in the first place. We are the reasons why Black voters who voted to ensure that our um, Congress and our president was um, elected is the reason why we are being now attacked for it as a result of January 6th. So that is why we should be, um, that's why we should care about it. And that's how we are being directly impacted and almost disciplined in a way, if you will, because of our choice to stand up for our democracy and defend those who have been protecting us or who we believe will be on the front lines protecting us. Interesting choice of yeah, words. Know, Black people are being disciplined for uh, Barack Obama and their, cho their choice uh, to vote for what they feel represents them. Loring Lady, I do want to know, though, uh, why? Why don't you feel uh, it, it's important to Black people? What are some of those reasons? I, okay, I don't understand what Jasmine just said. I, I, I'm, I was trying to, I just fully disagree with what she said. I don't understand that, how the black vote has anything to do with that, to be honest. I, I just didn't catch her connection. Oh, it people doesn't. And I can, I can tell you. Let, let me, Jasmine, Jasmine, hold that thought. Let me get, let me get Darius in real quick. Yes, yeah, and, and, and it doesn't. And it goes back to the comment that Jasmine made when she basically blanketly said people like me are the reason why we should care. I think that's part of the reason why people don't care, because they hear these grandiose statements and then they find out about people and they learn their stories and they understand the assessments that people are making is not the actual reality of the situation. Here's the reality of the situation. Yes, I was there on January 6th. I have a podcast and I was there to express my First Amendment right, just like I was 30 days before that when we marched to the Supreme Court, just like I was out in 
Washington, D.C. 30 days before that when we had another rally out in D.C. At no time did the people that I'm connected with or myself ever think about going inside the Capitol. We're uh, much smarter than that. In fact, I'm on a live video saying to my mother, Mom, don't worry, I'm not stupid enough to go inside the Capitol building. But I do believe everybody has the right to express their First Amendment right, which was what the majority of the people, the 100,000 plus people that were outside of the Capitol were doing. They were singing, they were praying, they were doing different things. But then people see things like what's going on now because of the Supreme Court decision. They see groups like Antifa and Black Lives Matter holding down Capitol buildings, surrounding police stations, going inside Capitol buildings. We have video of this for the last two years, but yet those same people have nothing to say. I'm a man of equal opportunity. I think it was wrong for the people that went into the Capitol. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Yeah. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the Business of Being Black today is the impact of the January 6th committee hearings. Uh, Darius says, listen, it won't be impactful at all. Uh, Reverend Mark has some disagreements he has with some things that Darius said in the last break. Go ahead, Reverend. Well, as I said earlier, and, and to be clear, the purpose of the insurrection that Darius has just admitted to us all he was involved in. I don't know why he's not been called to testify. He should volunteer to testify. Um, the purpose of the, I mean, it's very serious. The purpose of the insurrection. I can answer that. The press was to suppress the black vote. African-American voters voted for change and the majority of African-American voters voted for Joe Biden. He won the election. The purpose of January 6th, both those on the inside and those on the outside, whether they went in or not, like Darius is admitting he did, was to prevent that election from being certified. That is what is insurrectionist. That is anti-democratic. And we've not seen any insurrection like that since the Civil War, which we know was fought over the issue of enslavement. Now, we're not talking about enslavement now, but we're talking about once again, though, African-Americans votes being nullified because a mob of people want to overthrow the government and make sure those votes aren't counted. It's really that simple. It's really that black and white. And I think, too, as African-Americans, we have a duty to be as informed, if not more informed, about all of the political issues that affect our community as much as they affect other communities. And I have to, you know what, uh, I have to make the correction. Darius never admitted to going inside the Capitol, but he was. I, I, Thank you. I, I, no, I mean, no, no, I said it very oh, clear. Okay. I, let me repeat what I said. I said well, you didn't. That's why she's it, saying it, that. No, no, I did. I didn't. We can run the tape back, brother, because I, you know, I, I speak very <laughs> clear. Right. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. All right. And I didn't cut you off either when you were when you were clowning. The the issue is, <laughs> it was an insurrection. These were my words. Whether you went inside the Capitol or whether you were outside the Capitol, like Darius said he was. That, those are my exact words. I didn't say he was inside the Capitol. Well, that's not what you said, but that's neither here nor there. Well, no, 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 I, well, see, let's, yeah, why, if, if we can go back and run it back and see, you, yeah. you're gonna focus on that because no. you have no other option. We can move on, on. we can move on. We've made it clear, we've I'm made actually, it clear. Not, we have, we have made it clear. We've made it clear that Darius was not in the Capitol. He was outside of the Capitol recording the podcast. He was a part of the insurrection and the willfulness to suppress. There you go. The words changed again. So there it goes. There goes your original statement. And, you know, this is why, again, why people are so frustrated. This is why people are so frustrated. If you were there on January 6th. I'll let him finish. I'm a reasonable man. Go ahead. 
Were you no, but see, you're 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 not you're not a brother. Were you there on January 6th? Yes or no? See, and this is this is this is where we go. And I that's think why we I know, Reverend Mark. I think we know, Reverend, that he was there. He said so he was. There. So then he that was a guest. Uh, but I I don't believe I don't believe that just because you were there, it was your intention to uh to to stage an insurrection. Well, Sammy, I believe you know who else believes that? The FBI who visited my house a week later. So again, this is why people say certain things and people are waking up to this. It's a lot of political theater and that's why they want regular everyday Americans to start running for office and doing January certain things. Was that we connect, we can't, I mean, uh, is he going to be able to keep cutting Hold me that off? Thought, or, Reverend. Uh, Hold that thought, please. Hold that so, thought. So, so again, so a week later, the FBI actually visited my house uh, because I was there. As I, as I recently mentioned before, I have a podcast and that is one of the big reasons I was down there. Not only did I go to the Capitol, but I stopped by Black Lives Matter's way and I talked to the Black Lives Matter people there, had some great conversations. If you visit my social media, you'll see those pictures. You'll see those conversations. I'm a man for all people. For those of you that don't know, my motto is not black, not white, American. I believe we are all Americans and I am a unifying voice, not a dissenting, dividing voice like a lot of our politicians are nowadays. You know, I was lucky enough to come from the hood, single mom, on welfare, on Section 8, to living in suburban neighborhoods as well. And I got to experience all facets of life here in America. So, so I'm a very uh, Let me ask you this question. Do you believe sure. it was an insurrection? I believe that the people went inside were wrong. They should have never went inside. Do you Do believe, believe it was, was an insurrection that happened on January 6th? I mean, I guess to a degree, the people that went in, but not really. I mean, these were a bunch of people, knuckleheads, that went inside, got too amped up, got too happy about what was going on, and went inside and did some crazy things. And to correct the gentleman, the reverend, he said, we've never seen this. We see it going on right now in Arizona in their Capitol buildings. We've seen it over the last two years with Antifa and BLM. And this is why people are tired of people just taking one side of the issue. Only I don't think we've ever side. seen anyone invade the Capitol as such on January 6th. My, That's a little bit disingenuous. If you go to my social media, I believe it was the Capitol in Oregon. I'm going to say they ran. We're talking up about in. the Capitol that that was that that was invaded on January 6th. That's never yes. happened in American history, Jasmine. No, not not there. I no. would say if I can get in here, I, I would I would go back to the main purpose of why January 6th existed in the first place. It was a rally to decertify or to not certify an election under the belief that President Biden had actually won. That is why people were gathering. Um, that is why people were headed to the United States Capitol. So I think Darius, um, your presence there covering a story as a reporter, journalist, or however you, the title is you want to provide for this story is perfectly fine. But those surrounding you, whether outside or inside, were there with different intentions. And those who breached security and those who ended up being harmed and now arrested and are serving time had different intentions. And their intentions were to make sure that President Biden did not become president of the United States. And that and is why- Black people need to pay attention because it was their votes who made sure Biden actually became president. And so those votes are the ones that people want to throw out, specifically the insurrectionists and those who are rallying to make sure that they don't get certified. That oh, is why Lady, we are having this I want to get Lauren Lady in here. Um, Lauren Lady, um, the impact that you you said earlier you didn't really understand what Jasmine was saying and what she was saying in a nutshell is that the impact of that uh may affect the elections because the January 6th hearings were specifically to stop 
an election uh, that had already happened and to prevent it from if to prevent the results from happening in real time. So do you you understand that part, right? Yes, but I don't understand how is it to overthrow the black the black vote. That's what I don't understand. Yeah. Because they it's relate not, everything to race. Yes, but Darius, you can't answer. So, so let somebody they relate everything. They relate Go everything ahead, Darius. Let, let somebody else answer who can answer. Yeah, right. I never said it would overthrow the black vote. Uh, let, let, let's Jasmine. Jasmine, go ahead. She said she never. Yeah, said I, I never that. said that. Um, that it would overthrow. I think Jasmine, what Lauren Lady is is referring to when you said it was directly to stop the black vote. Yes. Right. People of color are the people of color are the reason why Biden was able to win his right. election. Those particular votes, uh, people of color came out in a significant higher amount that they did in past elections. And those are the ones that typically impact elections when they are so close to um, the, the edges, if you will, when it's time to decide on a presidential or any sort of race. So that is what I'm referring to. Those specific um, groups of voters are the ones that are most disproportionately affected and nine times out of 10 are the ones who are the most fragile and impacted when it's time to throw out votes to be certified by canvassing boards. So that is why the- when I, think what lady, I, I think what Loring Lady is saying here is that uh, more than the black vote, it, it, it you know, it disrupted democracy. And so uh, in that terms, it didn't just affect the black vote. It also affected those white people that voted for Joe Biden and those Hispanic exactly. people that voted for Joe Biden. Although we all can agree, even Joe Biden, who was on the Breakfast Club saying, if, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Uh, we can all agree <laughs> that uh, no, the, black black vote, that the black insane. vote actually uh, propelled him into this win. <laughs> And so did the fact that he had a black woman who was his vice president on the ticket uh, propelled him to that win. So that's really what uh, Jasmine's speaking to, Loring Lady. But I understand it's not just about black people in terms of uh, the, dis the destruction of the Capitol. It was just that Donald Trump's people wanted Donald Trump to win. And this this type of thing has never happened before. So could it be more of a Donald Trump thing and his allegiance base versus a black thing. We'll talk yeah. about that when we return on the business of being black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. And the business of being black today is the impact of the January 6th hearings. Please welcome the executive director of Equal <laughs> Ground, Jasmine Bernie Clark, New Jersey congressional candidate Darius Mayfield, entrepreneur Luring Lady, and the host of Make It Plain podcast, Reverend Mark Thompson, who loves to make it plain. We appreciate you for that. Listen, is this really about black and white or is it more about Donald Trump, his fan base, his allegiance, wanting him to win? Uh, why don't people think, <clears throat> why do some people think this has nothing to do with race, Reverend Mark? I, I don't see how anyone can discount race. I mean, it's a both and obviously affected all voters. But if you're watching the January 6th hearings, you cannot deny a great deal of the focus has been on Georgia and Donald Trump directing the Justice Department and trying to influence the secretary of state of Georgia to find him more votes to win Georgia. That's precisely why uh, our sister down in Georgia is prosecuting him. Now, the black vote is is more than relevant here 
because it was the black vote that was the deciding vote in Georgia at the very least. Quite frankly, an argument, I think what Jasmine has been trying to say, an argument can be made that the African-American electorate was a deciding vote nationally, but particularly in Georgia. And so when Donald Trump tries to, and again, that's part of the both end. It's, it's black, it's white, it's both, and it's Donald Trump and his constituency. Um, if he's making an argument to manufacture more votes in Georgia so he can steal the election, where are those votes supposed to come from? And at what community's cost are other votes going to be taken away? And so we cannot at all minimize the importance of the black electorate in this, the importance of the black electorate in the 2020 election, nor minimize the way in which the GOP, um, prior to even Trump coming to office, has made, its, made it its business to suppress the African-American electorate. So, Loring Lady, do you agree at the least that uh, there is uh, some type of some type of goal to suppress the African-American vote here? No, not at all. No. Why not? It just does. Okay. It sounds like an attempt, which is very common amongst the Democratic Party to just add race to something where race is not relevant at all. I think it had to do with Donald Trump and his supporters wanting him to win. It had nothing to do with, oh, suppress the black vote or anything to do with black people at all. Yeah, and there and this is why. And I'll and I'll say this for Hold on, Reverend Mark. Hold that thought, Reverend Mark. Hold that thought. Hold that thought, Reverend Mark. Reverend Mark, hold that thought. Reverend Mark, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Go ahead, Darius. Hold that thought, Reverend. He brought up Georgia and said, well, where are they going to get the vote from? We already know where they're going to get the vote from. We just saw it in the primaries. They're going to get it from increasing access to voting for all Georgians. You know, we sat here last year while especially black Democrats followed the Democratic plantation lead once again and told us that Governor Kemp passed Jim Crow 2.0. Well, you know what happened in the primary these past couple of months? The most amount of people ever voted in Georgia's primary because they legalized it and set up more mailing ballot stations, which didn't exist in Georgia before they put that law down. So as she's saying, I think people are just sick of this hypocrisy. They're really starting to see that these are a lot of political games that so many people are so immersed in that they can't pull themselves out of it and look at things logically at the end of the day, which I think uh, myself and the other guests are, are, are trying to do here. But again, just to his point in Georgia, we see where the votes are going to come from. It wasn't Jim Crow 2.0. And in fact, they had a record amount of people that were able to actually come out and have access to voting this year. So it just it just turns all these arguments right on their head. Darius, uh, in the January 6th hearings, we did hear that the attorney general said uh, Donald Trump wanted him to find more votes. That's a fact. Yeah. How do you yeah. how do you reconcile that? fact? I mean, absolutely. You know, again, I come from New Jersey. I come from New York. I've known we've known Donald Trump for a long time. My cousin is a professional boxer. They've had dinner with him. We've known this man. We know Donald Trump. A lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people don't like his personality. My mom hears his voice. She gets goosebumps. We know he says certain things and he says things uh, very matter of fact, and very directly, which is a, a symptom of all New Jerseyans. This wasn't matter of fact. Absolutely. Well, he said, find me some more votes. Can you take that literally? Possibly, sir, find me some more votes. So I'm not going to sit here and judge him on him. So we're not going to take the president of the United States literal. Well, when he says find me some more votes. When he says anything. 
Absolutely. But you also got to take their personality into account. We say things that aren't, aren't necessarily matter of fact in New Jersey on the East Coast. I'll say something to my cousins like, hey, you big head little bitch. Like, we don't mean well, these things. Well, I mean, I, they, but what you're saying here is I say to my cousin, hey, you little big head or whatever. That's yeah. much different than the president of the United States telling an attorney general to find more votes so he can win. How can you not take that literal? How is that a joke? How is that a joke? Let me, well, I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at all. But let me ask you this. Was he charged for saying that? Did he do something illegal by saying that? I understand what you're saying by him saying that question. The hearings are charging him. This is coming out. This is coming out in the hearings. This is coming out in the hearings. We heard yesterday or that. No, no, we heard. Wait, actually, you know what we heard yesterday? Now, now the they are now. They are now told us, they just told us yesterday that now the purpose of these hearings is not to find anybody criminally liable. They just said that. Now they're setting up the okie doke. Once again, they do, not have, him in they do not have the evidence Willis to is charging him in Georgia. They literally just said this to us yesterday. Literally said that, that to Darius. us. So Go again, ahead, Reverend Mark. Brother, you sure, bring sure. Yes, ma'am. Everybody all Reverend Mark, I have Reverend Mark. Reverend Mark. Reverend Mark. Reverend Mark. Reverend Mark. Reverend Mark, I want to slow you down for a little. I, I got it. I'll 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 let everyone know <laughs> when it's okay to speak, and so that I, so I can guide you. All right, go ahead, Reverend Mark. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you said we could cross talk in this. So yes, I did, but respectfully. So I'm I'm handling that part. I'm trying not to be disrespectful, but the thing is, there's a lot of intellectual dishonesty. The gentleman just said. Donald Trump is not being charged with anything. That is completely and utterly false. He's being charged in Georgia for his behavior. To say that- That's not what I said. That's not what I said. You know, you know, I I say something- I said, is Donald Trump being charged for saying that? I can actually repeat exactly what I said. I'm like you and tell the truth, my man. All right, then let's take you you at your word. There you you go. said, is Donald Trump wow. being charged? Repeat what you say, and I'll prove to you how wrong you are. Repeat I what said, you said, is right he now. being charged for asking that question? When he said, find me, or saying what he said, find yes, me some votes, is he being charged for that? And you know he's being charged. And if you say otherwise, you're being intellectually dishonest. Okay. You know he's being charged in Georgia for that. You know that not for a fact. Absolutely not. Not for saying that exact quote. That is not what he's being charged for. That's you're right. That's, that's, that's what my question was. Also, also, the other intellectual dishonesty is about voter suppression. The Republican Party is all about voter suppression. I want you to list for me the number of Republican senators that voted for the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Who voted for it in the Republican Party? I wouldn't have voted for it. You're looking to federalize our elections. So what are we talking about? I wouldn't have voted for it either. Federalize elections. That was to end. Absolutely, it is. So wait a minute. To be clear. From your point of view, there is no voter suppression of the African-American electorate. That is your position, correct? The voter suppression to the extent that you guys are speaking about or are you specifically speaking about? No, sir. When in fact, we just saw them expand African-American voting rights in Georgia. Well, Reverend Mark, you can't answer a question and then not allow him to, you can't ask a question and then not allow him to answer. I'm surprised coming from a Reverend. I thought it's going to be a calm conversation. You know, an intellectual one, but it's okay. No, but hey, okay, so we're gonna get personal here, brother. Is Not that at all. I'm just speaking to what I see in front of me, sir. You, you are being intellectually dishonest with the public right now. Don't talk okay, to you me. You keep saying that, but you haven't proved that. I have proved it. 
Okay. In your mind, I think you think you have. Jasmine, uh, let's get in here real quick. Thank you. I, I would just quickly say that a byproduct of um, what's happening in states, more specifically in the state of Florida, we can talk about the fact that Black voters turned out at 8.4% more than they did um, in any year in the 2020 election. And then in 2021, our governor decided to put voter suppression laws like um, creating voter ID requirements for drop boxes, banning drop boxes in communities where they were previously accessible. So Hold that we thought. We're going to come right back after this commercial break on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Foxhole. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Foxhole. And the Business of Being Black today is the January 6th hearings? Is it impactful when it comes time for these elections? And uh, Jasmine certainly thinks it's impactful because uh, the whole purpose of the insurrection that we are uh, uh, now having these hearings in regards to was all about voter suppression. So give us a couple of those reasons why you think it's uh, it had to do with voter suppress suppression in the African-American sure. community again, Jasmine. Certainly. So Darius started his the last segment with saying that in, in order to combat voter suppression, we need to be expanding it. And I actually agree with that statement. But when you have an election in 2020 under Governor Ron DeSantis, who declared that our state had one of the cleanest and most successful elections in our state's history with black voter turnout, specifically using vote by mail ballots, increased by 8.4% in a pandemic where we didn't think that the black vote would be increased at all due to health risks and reasons. And we saw it increase. We found that to also be a victory. He turned around two months later and created a new voter suppression law, Senate Bill 90, that required voter IDs now that you have to request your vote by mail ballot. Your vote by mail used to only be required to be requested every two cycles. You have to request it annually. There are new restrictions on passing out food and water at polling places. We provide souls to the polls operations during the elections where we provide food, water, transportation, and entertainment to ensure that people don't have to choose between their basic needs and being able to cast their ballot. That is now banned in this state under this new Senate Bill 90. And this year, he decided to go even further and launch a new elections task force. So we won't be met by poll workers in the way that we have in past elections. We'll be met by police officers at the polls this year. So if you're telling me this isn't about voter suppression conveniently at a time where he is running for re-election and has ambitions of being this nation's president, you are absolutely wrong. This has all been set up on a path to victory for him long before we got to this prop to this part. If you don't mean, Lauren Lady, Jasmine, hold that thought. Let me get Lauren Lady in here. Let me, Rev, let me get Lauren Lady in here. She's not been uh, talking at all. So I want to get her in. Uh, Lauren Lady, uh, when Jasmine mentions uh, uh, these rule, these new rules and regulations that are being set up, was it necessary to create new voter rules in these different states that they have had? Or was that because more Black people voted and so now they got to figure out how to not let that happen? It had nothing to do with Black people voting. More Black people voted when Obama was running. Not during this Trump. A lot of Black people didn't care to vote. I saw Black people voting during the Obama era, but I believe those restrictions were necessary because illegal immigrants and other people were able to vote. 
exactly. And you, when you start to see our federal, the Democrats start to, uh, you know, really advocate to federalize our elections, of course, you're going to see state legislators and governors start to do their part to fortify their right to govern their own elections at the end of the day. You know, it's funny, we've been called conspiracy theories for so long. I, I encourage Black people, because I'm always in the hood, Trent, New Jersey, Plainfield, New Jersey, Franklin, because that's where I come from. That's where I feel comfortable. And I always speak to them about the need to diversify their political affiliation. I remember we used to be called conspiracy theories when we sat here and said that one day the Hispanic vote is really going to outweigh the, de the, the black vote in the Democratic Party and it's going to be null and void. Well, guess what happened a few months ago? New York decided to start letting non-citizens vote in that town. We, I just got back from the border where I literally witnessed thousands of people walking over the border, the same people that Democrats are looking to make citizens of this country through the legalization process, and your, vo your voice and your vote will start to matter less and less. So in fact, Republicans right now in a place like Georgia, let's go back to Georgia and let's go back to even Florida, where, as she just said, we absolutely needed those laws, even when it comes to mail-in balloting, because now that Democrats have uh, expanded mail-in balloting in a place like Georgia, let's say, that didn't have any mail-in balloting before the year 2020, and now you have all these things. I just had a cousin the hold other that day. Thought, Darius, hold that thought on your cousin there. Hold on. Uh, Reverend right. Mark, if the midterm elections were to happen today, do you think the Democrats would keep both the House and the Senate or one or the other? Yes. And the reason being, the party in power usually loses during the mid midterm um, because those who vote in the opposition feel disempowered or feel powerless. This will probably be one of the first times in history where that doesn't happen, because while the Democratic Party appears to be in power on paper, White House, slim majority in the House, only a majority by one person, the vice president's vote in the Senate, the Democratic Party is still the opposition party because what Trump put in place by appointing three Supreme Court justices, we saw three devastating decisions at the end of last week. Mm -hmm. And with other decisions that have been made, the Democrats have not been able to affect much change or really implement any of the Democratic Party policy. I think this will in and of itself even though Democrats hold the House, the Senate, and the White House, that Democrats still are pretty much the opposition party because. I think we lost him there. Um, listen. Yeah, that, that just Loring, has no Loring connection Lady, to reality. Loring Lady, I, I, want, I want to ask you, have you been paying attention to the January 6th uh, hearings? To be honest with you, after a while, I got tired of it. It's a sham. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie to you. At first I did because it is upsetting. At the end of the day, they were wrong for storming inside of the building. They, whoever entered the building deserved whatever they got. I, I don't feel go. sorry for any of them. But Do you believe that uh, if Trump would have won, they would have stormed that building? No. They were definitely there because he, he lost. But were they there because he sent them? I sit on the fence there. He didn't directly say, hey, go storm the building, but he did say fight like hell. So and he did say go to the Capitol now. I, yeah, but I don't think he said to go into the building. That's the thing. No, they he, went, he didn't say that. He said go. Though. He definitely said go. Go. OK, so if he said go and just march, he didn't mean to go inside and storm the building. 
<laughs> like he said 30 days cool. before that, at the last rally, he rode by on the car and said, march over to the Supreme Court. We all marched over to the Supreme Court and nobody went inside that building. Again, this time you had some knuckleheads that did some stupid things. I'm glad I'm smart enough not to participate in that. And the overwhelming majority of people there were smart enough to not participate in that. And as well, I know a lot of conservatives, obviously I'm in, I'm a Republican, and the majority of conservatives do not agree with what happened on January 6th with those people entered that building. But just like we do for Antifa, Black Lives Matter, we believe that everybody should have the right to always peacefully express themselves. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, I sort of kind of take offense to the word knuckleheads because it just wasn't that simple. Yeah, I get it. I you get know it. what I'm saying? Like, if, if it would have been a, a, a trove of black men, they would have immediately been thugs, gangsters, hoods. So well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say knucklehead if somebody was there being violent as well. Remember, of those people that went in, you found no weapons, no knives. They didn't directly threaten anybody's life, but they shouldn't have been there in the first place. Well, so that's why did. I say knucklehead. They did. Yes, they did. I, I mean, I don't I'm here to hear what you have to say, but I do want to keep it factual. They did say mm -hmm. hang Mike Pence. That is violent. Yeah. Uh, We're talking about know, outside. They, they they did. They did throw use flagpoles. Uh, they mm. did. Uh, tackle the police and and push the police back. It was violent. There was talking bloodshed. You're, you're talking about everything that happened outside the building. I'm talking about what happened inside the building. The only bloodshed was the one young woman that unfortunately got shot inside. I'm talking about inside the building. And again, well, inside I and out, agree, none of that behavior should have been there in the first None place. of that behavior should have been conducted inside or out. Windows were being broken at that on that day. And I even agree. though the president didn't say go inside, he knew Pence was inside. And he also knew that Pence was going to refuse to take his orders of certifying or non-certifying this election. He gave Pence orders that he knew he did not have the power to take on. And he knew Pence was in that building. Pence had to take cover because if not, those people were coming after him. He was live tweeting, directing folks to do exactly what they ended up doing that was causing harm to people. Their targets may have been different, but his well, intention was guys, to make sure. It was, that's where it, you, it was to make sure that those people rose up the way that they did and attacked that building the way that they did from the well, inside. That, and that's where and you from lose. That's that's where you lose people like me, and I think the majority of American citizens. And I think the majority is understanding. We if you this if you yesterday. listen, we because you got you got you got to remember we after what live. happened after what happened. Let's say in somewhere like Charlottesville, this is the same party that told us Donald Trump didn't give a speech excoriating you know what happened and called out white supremacy and those things. We all saw the video and we know that happened. So this is the area that we get into when those type of comments are being made. And I think that's a great- Let's take a quick break, country. come right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the Business of Being Black today is, will the January 6th hearings have an impact on the elections, the mm -hmm. upcoming elections. So I want to talk about Representative Liz Cheney. She's about the most conservative as they come. She's the daughter of former Republican Vice President Dick Cheney. She voted with Donald Trump 90% of the time, and she supports uh, the recent Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. Does her participation, Reverend, in the January 6th committee give the hearings more legitimacy? Um, most, most certainly. Uh, and I think politically, um, the Republicans uh, who came after her and attacked her made a mistake that kind of drove her to the position she's in. Uh, <laughs> I mean, after all, she's you right. She, you can't be more conservative. Than she is after all, her her father calls himself Darth Vader. She is the daughter of Darth Vader. So uh, for her to take the position she's taken 
um, and to be so uh, dogmatic in this investigation, I think is quite significant. And, and again, frankly, the hearings are not in isolation. This is an election year. The hearings plus the recent uh, Supreme Court decisions, which, by the way, are uh, uh, argued and made around historic decisions that have affected Black life in this country for centuries, like Dred Scott, like Plessy v. Ferguson, all of those things together, I think, will raise the level of involvement and consciousness when it comes to the African-American electorate. I think Luring Lady thinks differently. Do diehard Trump supporters care if he's guilty, Luring Lady? They don't care. They don't. Why don't they care about ethics, morality? Why? Okay, it's hard. The example that I can give would be a bit far fret, far, but it's the best example I can give you. Let's go for it. In Black families, right? The breadwinner, the male figure or whatever can molest all the kids in the family. Guess what? The Black families will still support them. The Black families will, they would never call the police. They would never out them. Why not? It's the same question. Why is it that something so unethical is still support? Why do you still support this person? So that's the best comparison I can give you. Diehard Trump supporters, they don't care. Same way black people, you don't care that your uncle, your brother, your father, whoever molested all the kids in your family. You still support that person. Okay. You called all out. Uh, Tammy, I'd agree with that to some extent. Real quick, I, I think most diehards are not going to move. But what this hearing has done, I want y'all to think about this. And I was as luring lady to consider this as well. People heard for the first time, all the diehards who sent him a quarter of a billion dollars to stop the steal, they're hearing for the first time uh, that that was grift, that was wire fraud. And so I, I can't help but think there will be even the smallest percentage of those who sent him that money they're going to be saying, wait a minute now, why am I sending this man money? The, to use her analogy, the molester, why am I sending him money and nothing is being done about it? Secondarily, Raffensperger testified when Trump asked him to find 11,000 votes. He told, told President Trump that there were over 30,000 Georgians, Georgia Republicans that did not vote for him on the ballot. They ignored the top of the ballot and went down ballot. Why in 2020? Would over 33,000, it was more than 33,000, Georgia Republicans not vote for their diehard, diehard Republicans not vote for Donald Trump in Georgia. That's before they knew anything about insurrection and all these other things. So I, I think, you know, these small numbers matter. And as we saw in Georgia, they make a difference in the Electoral College. Absolutely make a difference. Uh, Darius, diehard, uh, diehard Trump supporters, they care. <laughs> yeah. I I, I think the political class in this country, as they have since 2016, is just really reading the room wrong and they don't really understand what's going on in this country right now. You know, a lot of people are looking at this right now and they think one thing, it's an election year. That's why we're seeing what we're seeing. You could have did this last year, you could have did it whenever. They see that it's an election year. The mood of this country has changed. People understand that the political elite, somebody like a Liz Cheney right now, they play the political game at the end of the day. And that's a lot of what you see. So I think some of these old uh, political ways, these old political ways of examining things and the mood of the country and what people are feeling and what they're doing are so archaic at this point because people want real, authentic 
down to earth, regular people, which is one of the reasons why they put Donald Trump in the White House in 2016. And they want us to focus on their issues and the things that are affecting them. All they see right now is that we have a commission on January 6th when elections already been decided, when we literally have the worst of everything happening in our lifetime again, whether it's what's going well, on in we Russia. Can, we can, but can't we can't we be concerned and worried about all of those things? Can't we be concerned about uh, the president uh, coercing a, an insurrection? Can't we still be concerned yeah. about uh, the price of gas? Can't we still be concerned about uh, the baby formula? Like, does it have to be a one track mind? Can't we be concerned it about doesn't. it? All? It doesn't. And I think most people will look at it that way. But again, because of what's happened over the last four or five years, the mood of the country, you know, has changed. You know, people see whether it's Republicans or Democrats, they see the whole Russia thing when Donald Trump got in and then they see us go through these hearings and nothing come of it. They see they, them accuse Donald Trump of having a, a illegal phone call, you know, with the Ukrainian president. But then we see Joe Biden on TV in Ukraine being even harder on that president and flat out saying that he would withhold funds from them. So people Jasmine, see these things. Uh, let me get to Jasmine Darius. Jasmine mm -hmm. Darius has a point here when he says uh, there is a mood change in the country. I would imagine you agree with that to some degree. Certainly. I think that our community is hurting in a number of different ways, and there are priorities that are competing. We should care about a lot of different things, but it makes it difficult for our community to prioritize one thing over another. We have a quite a bit of a distance and a runway until we get to November, and there are a lot of things that could happen between now and then that could impact voters and their decisions heading into the poll. I um, want to get to your projects real quick before we run out of time here. Tell us about the Equal Ground Education Fund, Jasmine. So Equal Ground Education Fund is a community-centered, Black-led nonprofit organization working to expand the and protect the voting rights of Floridians in the state of Florida. We do that through voter registration, mobilization, turnout, and litigation. So we are also suing our state leaders when they don't work to expand the rights of Black Floridians in this state. And we just saw the 50% decrease of representation in Congress through our redistricting process that we are actively litigating against right now. Uh, Luring Lady, tell us about those exotic tea blends and desserts. Oh, my God. You just put me on blast. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> you just put me, I didn't even know you guys did. How do you even know about that? Wait. Well, just tell us where we can get them. What? Okay. You can go to my website, LuringLady.com. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Reverend Mark, please, uh, your podcast, Make It Plain. Uh, Makeitplain.com. Uh every day wherever you get your podcast and also uh i'm a part of the reparations movement just uh published my first song in conjunction with common hymnal we invite people to go to hr40song.com slash reparations now are you a part of the reparation hearings in california no no I'm, I'm not a resident of california i'm not no I'm, i've been following them okay i'm not no i'm not I, i'm more active at the federal level for hr40 the federal legislation Got it. Darius, uh, American Cleanup, what's it about? Yes, ma'am. Uh, that was a cleanup uh, inspired by uh, an activist, Scott Pressler, and I got with him and I decided to start bringing Republicans and conservatives together with me to urban neighborhoods all up and down the East Coast. I've cleaned up Philadelphia four times, Newark, New Jersey, Camden, New Jersey, Atlantic City, New Jersey, Patterson, New Jersey, 
Franklin Park, Trenton. And when we've gone there, it's been nothing but positive responses. In some cases, we have MAGA hat wearing conservatives in the middle of the hoods cleaning up trash with us. We've cleaned up over 80 tons of trash over the last year and a half, two years, and it's been nothing but positive experience. All right. Well, thank you so much, Darius, Jasmine, Alluring Lady, and Reverend Mark Thompson. You guys, uh, get ready for Cocktails with the Queens. Yep, Claudia and her crew are going to do it up. Until next time, it's truly a blessing to be in your box on the business of being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Thank you. Bye, y'all.